0: Hello, and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Just Be You Podcast. I am your host, Gina Jones, and here you have the right to be you. I have another special guest in the building with me today. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I just want to let y'all know we are talking about holistic
1: living today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Kitty Cullen. Um, I met her... (laughs) <laughs> about a week ago in <laughs> unusual circumstances. Um, I've been a nurse for 31 years, um, as of about a week ago. And um, my do, my new degree is in functional nutrition. So over the years, I've done a lot of critical care medicine, which is my passion, trauma and critical care medicine. So in the ICU, ER, and LifeLight. Um, But over the years, I've seen that we have really good... We have it really down in the society about um, acute care medicine, like traumas and strokes and heart attacks, but we're kind of dropping the ball on chronic illnesses, and uh, people are um, living longer with chronic illnesses, but they're not feeling better, and they're suffering um, uselessly. They really don't need to suffer as much as they are. Um, unfortunately, where our medical model is in this society right now, um, it's kind of changed, and doctors are paid by patient instead of just getting a yearly salary. So they're paid to see a patient every 15 minutes. So when you come into the doctor's office with a complaint, you have about 15 minutes to get out what you need and what you need to tell them. And then usually their answer to your symptom is another prescription um, or pharmaceuticals. Um, But the problem is right now, since COVID and everything has changed, usually your next appointment will not be for another three months. So it's really hard to get in contact with your physician um, and if that medicine's not working or you're still um, having symptoms, they end up in the emergency room. Um, So we we call them frequent flyers. They keep coming back with the same complaints and they're not getting any answers. So this is kind of where functional nutrition comes in. Um, I decided to get this degree so I could help people in another avenue. So functional nutrition kind of backs things up. Um, We look for root causes of your symptoms. When did they start? Why did they start? What was going on in your life? And we kind of take into account um, like your epigenetics. It's called like everything that's involved in your body matters. So stress, mood, poop, um, traumas, toxicities that you're exposed to, vitamin deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, huge digestive issues is a huge part of it. And it all, everything interacts and everything's connected. So trying to find out where, where it's coming from and then um, getting to the root causes of them and, and treating the symptoms from there. So um, I have a couple of uh, quotes here. One one is an interesting quote from Dr. Wall, and she actually was diagnosed with MS, Um, years ago to the point where she was bedridden and she got herself out of bed finally and and walking with and then she developed the walls protocol for MS and she related it was all related to digestive health and nutrition and this is what she wrote she said at the most basic level scientists are discovering that nearly all of chronic diseases that cause so much suffering all share um, mitochondrial dysfunction excessive inflammation high cortisol levels, and other markers of broken biochemistry. So in a very real sense, we all have the same disease. So I thought that was like super interesting because it all starts with inflammation. So stress causes inflammation, inflammation causes disease.
0: Yeah, I've so, heard that that many a times. But before we get further into that, let's rewind a little bit. I want to talk about um, your life life. Light. That, that part of your career. Let's start there because we're going to get into how you got to where you are and how you're starting your own business. Tell us a little bit more about um, that part of your career where you were in the helicopters and, you know, flying these six sick people back and forth to the hospital tell us about that that's that's interesting
1: yeah so i uh, actually flew as an observer in nursing school so it was a gradual thing i always knew that i wanted to do it okay um so i always knew that it was going to be critical care medicine and i was really really interested and fascinated by it so i waited i knew it was inherently dangerous i waited till my son graduated from high school and then i took a life position um very very um rewarding a lot of the positions people don't understand in nursing aren't rewarding um you don't but you don't do it for um the grace you don't do it for the people thanking you you do it because you have a passion for helping people and the medicine Mm -hmm. but um Nurses get yelled at by the lab, the doctors, the patients, the family members. Sometimes that's all you do. Your entire shift, people are yelling at you because they don't get your meds in time. You're not being discharged. What's going on? You know, it's not helping. Um, But Lifelight, and it was a different switch for me. Not only was um, you're kind of acting as an acute care provider or following your guidelines, I mean, there's no doctor with you, you fly doctor paramedic, but everybody's happy to see you. you run to the hospital pick them up oh god thank god flight life lights here you know the family's happy to see you the patient's happy to see you you know what i mean because you're getting them where they need to go so it was it was like extremely rewarding and sometimes you know you encounter people on the worst day of their life and make a difference and deliver them to the OR or to that trauma center you know um and that was really rewarding for me
0: good how long did you do that 14 years. 14 years. Now, were you in nursing prior to that, you said? Okay. Yeah. How long were you doing nursing prior to that? And, and what type um, of nurse were you?
1: 16 years. And it was all ICU and ER.
0: ICU and ER. Okay. Okay. So, um, what got you out of Life
1: um, I wanted to do this business. I finally finished um, this degree. I started my business in November. This past November, mm-hmm. okay. And then I stopped Lifelight in December. And okay. then I took a local contract and then um, have been working my business on the, on the side on the days I'm not working there.
0: Good for you. So mm-hmm. now that you are diving into your own business and becoming a full time entrepreneur, what do you plan to do with this? Like, tell us more about your business itself.
1: Oh, my all-time vision that I have, my all-time vision is to have, um, be part of a wellness center. Okay. Um, that had a lot of other disciplines there that are all related to the mind, body, and spirit. Okay. Um, like, you know, um, some of the holistic things that are obviously aren't covered by insurance, like massage, which is super important, um, you know, yoga and, and meditation and um incorporating the mind into acupuncture, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that, having other disciplines in along with the functional nutrition, you know, and IV therapy is going a long way to people receiving, um, different types of IVs to boost their immune system and their fatigue. And, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like things like that, that's kind of like what my vision is having other entrepreneurs in, in, in one place.
0: Right. So you touched on this a little bit um, when you were speaking um, about how doctors come in and they diagnose you and it's usually for 15 minutes and then they're writing another prescription. You being a nurse for 31 years, is it? Mm -hmm. How important do you think it is that this information is being put out there to people? Because um, me personally, I'm very intrigued with everything you were talking about, you know, the mind, body, and spirit, how they all intertwine, how they work, how they're connected. Um, and I feel like a lot of times doctors are just writing prescriptions and it's not helping people. It's hurting people. They're basically just putting a band-aid on the problem to, for, for them to come back. You know what I mean? So how important do you think this is that people get this information and start uh, or begin to put it into perspective in their own lives? Like, eating healthier you know uh, taking herbs instead of prescription pharma medicines you know what I mean how important do you think that is
1: I think it's really important. I think um, people sometimes don't realize their options, especially um, we're coming into the age of the baby boomers coming into the older age, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So they've grown up with conventional, traditional, conventional medicine, which is what we practice in the United States versus allopathic or holistic, which other countries practice first and traditional second. Um, So They might not be aware of it. Um, They don't know where to go. They don't know where to look for. But, um, well, here's an example. So here's an example of um, a very bad drug, and it's called a PPI, which is a proton pump inhibitor. And people take it for GERD, for reflux, Mm. right? So what it does, it actually blocks your stomach acid. stomach from producing acid because they're thinking the acid is backing up in your esophagus Um, but when studies have come out now over the years they're realizing people it's not that they have high stomach acid They actually have low stomach acid. Mm. So low stomach acid prevents that sphincter from closing and then it washes up in the thing uh, in your esophagus. Mm -hmm. Um, So the PPI is already blocking somebody that has low stomach acid. And your acid is needed to digest your food Mm. and start the first process of digestion Digestion, and absorbing of your nutrients and your vitamins. So these people are becoming very vitamin deficient, especially vitamin B12. Mm. So... um, it's just an opposite. And those drugs weren't supposed to be made for people to be on longer than three months. People are on them years. I have a client that's been on it 10 years.
0: Wow. What does that do to someone, like to their body? Suppressing well, the acid like that. Well, they have
1: they have digestive issues. Mm. They have long-term digestive issues. And then when they try to come off of it because they have been dependent on it so much, um, it causes them problems. So you have to almost do a wean
0: and wow. to get them
1: off of that medication so your stomach starts producing acid again. Yeah.
0: And so that's where you come into play. And you pretty much give them an assessment of what it is that they need and prescri- yeah, you or try, you prescribe or not to but figure
1: out what's going on with them there's a whole um there's a whole like list of questions and there's a whole system that's put in place from my degree of how you ask people questions and um the questionnaires will take them probably you did them yeah, yeah I two did. to three hours to fill out it's no joke we dig dig really deep and mm-hmm. um i just let people know um i make suggestions on what i see i am mm-hmm. not uh Practicing as a clinician or as a license, I do not prescribe medications. I make suggestions to people of what I see is going on, what is happening, um, and then it's up to them to their discretion of whether or not to take this vitamin or whatever. Um, I also got a therapeutic supplementation certificate, so um, it's... And taught you about different natural herbs to use in place of some conventional medicine when the conventional medicine is giving them tons of side effects. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've been more into the herbs, too. Um, I read an article not too long ago where they said the FDA was trying to um, pretty much put it into place where they're making it more difficult for people to have access to natural arts, which I think is ridiculous. Well,
1: they're trying to regulate them, mm-hmm. um, because as of right now, they don't make money off of them. Yeah. Well. You know, they don't make money off of the natural herbs, they make money from the big pharma, exactly. um, so now they're trying to regulate some of these more common herbs, so that'll be harder to get, or maybe you need. You know, maybe a physician to write a prescription for them.
0: which I think is crazy mm-hmm. because it's natural herbs. Like yeah. why do I have to have a doctor write me a prescription for a natural herbs? That's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just think that's crazy. But I think um, I did take your assessment, and it took me about two hours to get through all the questions. It was very detailed. Um, I'm excited about my journey in this process, like how me cutting back on certain things that's causing the issues that I was having. Um, I'm excited to see how it turns out for me. But when you when you get with your clients and you know, y'all go over your assessment, how important is it, do you think, for your clients to really make a lifestyle change? and say, hey, I'm going to follow her instructions, I'm going to do this, you know, like tell me more about what what you suggest to your clients, excuse me, and how important it is to really go in and and take your advice Mm -hmm. on whatever it is that you tell them to do.
1: You (laughs) know, the interesting thing is um, I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. People either want to change their health or they don't. don't. Um, If they're coming to us and they're like, only shall I say half-ass interested. They are not going to succeed yeah. because it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. People are like it's called functional nutrition. It's nutrition. It's a diet. It's not a diet. It doesn't have anything to do with diet. It has to do with e- eliminating trigger foods and stress inflammatory foods, mm-hmm. but um, and just making better food choices. But it's also a conscious decision of helping you with other areas of your life, meaning how you manage stress. Because under high stress, you release cortisol. Cortisol yeah. is a sugar. Cortisol keeps you wired. Cortisol prevents you from sleeping well, um, all kinds of things. Um, it shuts off your thyroid gland, so then you yeah. become fatigued. Um, so all kinds of things. They're all kind of related. So yeah. it's a matter of trying to make baby steps every day. And if people want a quick fix, I'm not your i'm not your gal yeah you didn't get sick overnight i can't cure you overnight i cannot help you overnight we're just going to have to take baby steps together and that's why the monthly follow-ups are so important Mm -hmm. um because you know they're like oh i'm better with this but this one's not better what do you think or this happened to me or whatever so not everybody tolerates every you know medication that's why like the blood pressure meds there are literally over 100 different blood pressure medications out there because not every blood pressure med works for every person um So you have to, it's tailored to meet you. It's not cookie-cuttered. Everybody's is different that I put together, so.
0: Good. And I asked that question because um, I know that the mind is connected with the body, you know, the the, the mental, how you think from what you eat, you know what I mean? It it changes a whole lot of that. Tell me more about how they're all connected from what you eat, which causes you to think certain ways, which Mm -hmm. causes your body to react certain ways. Tell me how they're all connected and so how important it so is.
1: It's called the, um, the mind-gut mind gut access. And actually, the gut now they're calling it the second brain. So mm. it's super, super interesting because there is an access and one's triggered off the other. It's just a cycle. So they're saying that people have poor digestive health. They have really thir- greater than 30% chance of having depression, anxiety, something happening with the mind. And if you have the depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. then it settles in your gut and you have digestive issues. So it kind of goes both ways. And how it works as far as your mood is 95% of serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone, mm-hmm. is produced in your mm-hmm. gut. Wow. So if your guts are off, there's no wonder that people are depressed. If your guts off, you don't feel good. Yeah. Um. You know, if there's something happening.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have thyroid issues. We we spoke about that. I have thyroid issues, and I know. Um. I've been getting a lot better because you know my blood work is coming back a lot better than it was when I first uh, was diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. So, but I, I noticed something was off with me. I I couldn't really put my finger on it. I'm just like, something is wrong. I don't know what it is. I feel crazy (laughs) every day. I was just, like, I just wanted to scream. Mm -hmm. And it really took for me to sit down and do my own research to discover that my thyroid hormone gland regulates most of the hormones in my body. Mm -hmm. Which, if my thyroid is off, I'm going to feel like a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? In addition to... Just having a child at the time, you know, I felt like I was going through a lot of uh, postpartum. A lot of other hormones. Yeah, like my hormones were so bad. It was all related, though. It was affecting my skin. Mm -hmm. It was affecting my mood. It was affecting the way I sleep. And then on top of that, imagine eating shitty foods. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was all connected. So right. I decided that I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to um, cut dairy from my diet, do a lot of things that I felt like after researching, I, I did some extensive research on the hormones in the thyroid gland and, and, you know, what the thyroid gland affects in a person. So I decided I was going to cut dairy and do a lot of those things. And I can honestly say that I feel. Like, it's helping me. I'm not 100% there yet, obviously, because I was having gut issues. But um, I feel like overall, all of that is connected. Mm -hmm. Um, You really got to take it serious when you decide that you want to make a lifestyle change when it pertains to eating right. You know what I mean? Not smoking. You know, Mm -hmm. that's another big one. That affects you. Even though it makes you feel good in the moment or, or helps you calm down in the moment, it it I think overall it affects your anxiety more than it does when you're not high. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of things that I feel like are all connected. But tell us more about your – how a person could come and, and, like, what the process would be with them signing up with you. Like, how how is that process? They come, they do their assessment, what's next?
1: So they do they, um – they – they call me on the phone. Usually, mm-hmm. we do a um, a free consultation. Okay, um, you know that's anywhere depending on how chatty they are, from like fifteen to thirty minutes, and I can tell right then if they're ready.
0: Do you know what I mean? Because if
1: they're not really ready, I mean, they say certain things. Well, I already do that, but or I do that sometimes, or, you know, don't you ask me to give up, you know, my dairy because I'm not going to do it. Mm. You know, they'll they'll say things when that's part of the overall plan or whatever. You have to be willing during the – I put people, like, on a 90-day detox, and it's just detoxing from inflammatory foods, trying to – Get the inflammation down in your body, and um, trying to clean it up and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are non-negotiables. Okay. And one of the, I'll just tell you, you know, you you said one of them, dairy is extremely inflammatory, and it's hard for the um, for the bowels to digest. The other one is sugar. Sorry, guys, It's <laughs> sugar, sugar is sugar. the devil.
0: <laughs> Got to give up the sugar,
1: <laughs> and that's the more, one of the most inflammatory foods that we eat. Okay. Um, I was really before I started this. I was really, really addicted to sugar, and uh, you know, it took me about a month to stop craving it. But once I did, I was over and I was done with it. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's tough, guys. It really is because sugar hits the same receptor site in the brain as opiates, like as morphine. Um, yeah. So that's why it's so addicting, and that's why when people go into rehab and they're rehabbing off of drugs. You just see that they, they gain weight, and, and people are like, oh, they gain weight because they're, you know what I mean, they're they're eating more or whatever. No, they're eating sugar mm. because they're still trying to get that high from from at that same receptor site, and sugar makes them feel good. Okay. So, it, so it's that's why. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. So anyway, so they come to me, and then the consultation, and then um, we set up an assessment. So after um, I send them an email, which has seven attachments on it, and like you said, it takes several hours to go over the questions. They send it back to me. I review it, and I come up with tons more questions they ask them when I review it. And then we sit down, and we have a one-and-a-half to two-hour assessment of more questions face-to-face on uh, figure out what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. So after... Um, that's done. I go home. I pull out all my books, my research articles, or whatever, according to what we found, and I put um, a special protocol together just for them um, um, you know, and that includes um, some vitamins and some supplementations that might help whatever symptom or whatever they're having. Um, and that email is usually anywhere from four to seven pages um so and 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 they're in charge the good thing is this is very client driven you're in charge of what you want to do you're like i like one two and three on your list but i'm not ready to do four well that's fine you're in charge of your body you're in charge of what you want you know what's going on and this makes you um an active participant in your care and your vision and where you're going in your lifestyle change which makes you more successful
0: yeah You know, I'm
1: giving you the tools, I'm giving you the support, I'm your biggest cheerleader, I'm um, giving you knowledge about what's happening in your body and why, right? Because if people understand why, they're like, well, why didn't nobody ever tell me that before? Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, okay, you know, so that helps people be, you know, knowledge is power. Yeah, You know. for sure. And then then they get that, and then then they do whatever they're going to do for the month, and we have a follow-up in a month.
0: Oh, good, 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 good.
1: The other progress is going.
0: Good. So do you think, um, what do you think is the number one food besides sugar that's really hurting people the most? Like most, most of your clients, I'm sure they all come with different issues. But being a nursing, and what's the number one food that's really hurting people the most? Well, it's not a
1: food. It's a category of food, and it's gluten.
0: Gluten, okay. Yeah,
1: and people are just like, oh, you know what? I can eat gluten or whatever. I don't have celiac disease. Well, there's um, gluten celiac disease, and there are people that have... um, Effects of gluten that's not celiac. Mm-hmm. It's gluten non-celiac. Do you know there are very few things that cross the blood-brain barrier? That's why it's really hard to treat brain cancer because even some of the mm. chemos and stuff won't, pr- you know, nothing. It's very protective. Lots of drugs won't pass the blood-brain barrier. You know one thing that does? What? What? Gluten. gluten, wow. And it causes brain fog. It causes all kinds of things, memory lapses, decrease in focus and concentration. Um, so some of the things people eating a high gluten diet, it may be affecting, like, how you live your daily life and how you think and how you perform. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that goes back to it all being connected. So what are some foods that are high in gluten? Gosh, there are a lot of things. Because mm-hmm. um, I try to get gluten when I go to the do- go you know, to the, the grocery thing, store, right,
1: there is a gluten free aisle, right? Yeah, I yeah. try to get gluten free
0: mm-hmm. um, items from the grocery store, depending on what it is that I'm I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. But
1: like you can get like pastas mm-hmm. and breads and different things. You can even get cookies, Like, remember, cookies have sugar in it. That's the devil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said it's the devil. No sugar. Sugar is 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 that one and that's going to be hard for me I to had get away cookies from. Last
1: week, because I do fall off the bandwagon because I'm human. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Girl Scout cookies. It is Girl Scout cookies. It
0: is. I just bought me some <laughs> too. Look, I'm so bad. I sat at work and I ate a whole row of you them. Grow? It's oh, so easy to eat it's it's roll. addictive. It's I sat there at my desk and when I looked at mm-hmm. my bag, I had three left. <laughs> And I was so mad at myself because I got up and went to the gym that day. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I was like, are you serious? I just ate a- I ate a whole row of Girl Scout cookies at work. I told the guy it who happened. bought them, I said, don't ask me to buy any more Girl Scout cookies. But yeah, so I mean, gluten. So we got to stay away from gluten. What are some other practices, you know, some general practices that you could give for people to try? To you know, at least wing themselves off and and, and try to live a healthier lifestyle.
1: Well, you know, and people are just like you know, whatever. You know. Um let's just go let's just go with alcohol or whatever you know it's never caused me any problems in that past but do you really know what's going on in there it's very 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 hard on the liver that's why alcoholics always end up in liver failure right Mm -hmm. and your liver is my new favorite organ after you know we always talk about the heart and the lungs the heart and the lungs Mm um how many functions do you think the liver has
0: off the top of my head um I knew it was a little over twenty, maybe. I don't know, five hundred.
1: What? There's 900 functions no, from the nothing liver? Nothing that is done in the body that the liver does not know about, down to the cellular level. It wow. It does so many things regulating hormones, cholesterol. You know, everybody knows it's a detoxifying thing, right, because all yeah. the blood filters through there. Um, it helps with bile. It helps in digestion. Um, like I said, hormonal regulation. So um, that's why when people go into liver, feel why they're so sick. It helps in clotting, clotting of your blood. It stores wow. blood clot. Factors it helps, like I said, aiding in digestion and controlling things that are released for your digestive things. Because it store, it produces the bile. It's stored in the gallbladder, and then the gallbladder releases it. So if you have liver disease, you know, could have a problem with your bile, which would lead to problems with your digestion. Um, so it's it's amazing. So, but is eating, liver?
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. Is liver disease irreversible, or no? Well,
1: interesting thing is, a lot of people donate right their liver they can donate part of their liver yeah so you can have part of your liver um you know taken out or whatever and yeah. the rest of it m- remain healthy and you can do okay people can do okay. okay um but you know it just has to determine whether or not you know how far advanced is it and through the whole liver but you can reverse some of the stages of it once you try to get clean and you know um like be healthier and not try trying to support your liver so it doesn't have to work so hard. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: So you you can keep going. I cut you off, I'm sorry. No, that's I, okay. I wanted to know about the, the, the d- liver disease. <laughs> I actually have a relative um who's suffering from liver disease and well, I don't think it's necessarily that one thing. He has a, a bunch of other stuff going on too. But um I was kinda concerned because I didn't think you could recover from liver disease. I thought, like, once your liver is gone...
1: Well, it depends. There are stages, right? There are mm-hmm. stages of each disease. There are stages of kidney failure. There are stages of liver failure. You know what I mean? And there are stages of cancer, one, two, three, four. You know what I mean? They're, they're graded. So it depends on where you're at okay. um, and, and what the causes are. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting. Like I said, the human body is interesting. You know, um, it just... Gives and gives and gives you abuse it and abuse it and it just compensates and compensates and compensates mm-hmm. till it doesn't right. And here's a perfect example um, that's why hypertension is called the silent killer. Because a lot of people might not have any symptoms and their blood pressure sky high, they just don't go to the doctors. And the next thing they know, they go and get some blood work done and you're in kidney failure well, how can I be in kidney failure? It's because you have high blood pressure. Well, I didn't know I had high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. But the kidneys are amazing. They can be two-thirds not functioning Mm -hmm. before you start to show one sign. So only one-third left, you know. And so, I mean, like the body tries to tell you, and all these little signs that you feel, and we just kind of – talk away in our mind oh whatever i'm just not feeling good today or whatever i'm getting older or whatever it was something i ate or whatever you we always do these whatevers and the body's trying to give you clues and you're not listening to them Mm -hmm. you know it's like trying to give you clues that you're not feeling better and you know the doctors do this when you go into the office too gosh i'm just really tired well you are getting older you know, maybe you need to slow down a
0: they little bit. They do. They right? do. Maybe
1: you need to decrease your stress a little bit. Yeah. You know? Instead of, you know, I mean What's your legit
0: yeah <laughs> responses? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, Especially right, when right. you have a lot going on. Like
1: but, I don't have a problem with like it at all. And then people may think that I do with my statements here. I don't have a problem with conventional medicine and I definitely work in conjunction with their physicians on on, on you know, their issues. And I never tell them to discontinue something Without their physicians, you know, mm-hmm. approval.
0: Well, I do. I'm, I'm the complete opposite. <laughs>
1: I do. <laughs> it's up to them. It's up to, like yeah. I said, it's up to you. If you yeah. have something you want to do, then that's up to you and your choice.
0: Yeah. Conventional medicine. I just feel like, and, and I, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here when I say this, but I know that they do help people feel better. But they never fix the issue. And that's the yes. problem that that doesn't sit right with me because it's like you're not giving me something to help me. You're giving me something to help me feel better. You know what I mean? I don't want to just feel better. I want to be healthy.
1: Right. And, and like so, you said, it's just like putting a band aid on a bullet hole. A yes. band aid's eventually going to come off and then there's going to be a hot mess, right? Yes. That when it keeps, the problem keeps getting bigger.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: So I'm excited
0: to start my journey
1: with you. Um,
0: I'm excited to help you. Yes, I, I am. Um, so let me just give my quick little story. I went into um, the emergency room because I was having some issues, and the doctor told me that it was just gas. Oh, go and get some relax. <laughs> go and get this. Go and get that. And I'm just like, okay, but it, it's deeper than that. Like, I literally wanted the doctor to put me on the bed run some tests, look at my stomach, make sure nothing's going. And I still want to go back to, to have them do that because I don't, I didn't feel satisfied when I left mm-hmm. until I spoke with you. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, the doctor said I was good, but I just don't feel Feel like that's what it is. You're
1: listening to yourself. Yeah, something. It's
0: something's off. Now, I did see all the gas when they did the ultrasound because they did do an ultrasound on my lower, you know, pelvic area to make sure everything was good. And by the grace of God, everything was good. Um, But I did see a lot of the gas. Mm -hmm. Um, But my issue is what's causing the gas. Get to the root of the problem. Mm And, and like you said, they only have 15 minutes to come in there and tell you something and get you up out of there. I want to get to the root of the problem. What's causing the gas? You know, what habits do I need to change? Because again, when they say, oh, you're just getting older, that does, that, that's a true statement. When you get older, your body does things differently than it did when you were 20 yeah. 21. So the older I'm getting, I have kids now. My body has changed a lot. So I want to know what am I doing? that's causing the gas. What am I doing that's 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 um, prolonging this process too? Because it's been going on for a while.
1: All right, so let's talk about it. Let's yeah. the big subject Everybody does it. It's called poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So constipation is a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So people think several things. They think just if they have a bowel moving every day, they can't be constipated. But that's not true. There are times when you don't completely evacuate. So Mm -hmm. you don't completely evacuate a little bit each day. It can build up, right? Um, And the other thing is, is the big thing is, if you're not evacuating, um, what actually is stool? Stool is a byproduct of cellular metabolism. It's a waste. It's something your body's got everything out of the food that it needs. Yeah. And that's something it doesn't need. It's all toxic. It doesn't need it. It's pushing it out of your body, right? Yeah. So when it stays in there and it stays in there longer than it should, it starts to break down inside your gut. Mm. And what happens when it breaks down inside your gut, it produces gas. It produces gas and toxins. They get absorbed back into the bloodstream. The bloodstream senses it as foreign. It causes inflammation. Your bloodstream, you know, initiates an inflammatory response, mm-hmm. and then you don't feel good. Right. Right? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. So um, it's just, you know, when people say, oh, it's normal for me not to have a bowel movement for three days.
0: Yeah, so that's no, not normal. No,
1: it's not good. It's not yeah. good for your system. Things should be moving through in, in, in you know, uh, in a normal way, like a normal pattern, right? It just should be constantly moving through. And there are lots of things that can cause it, you know. We won't go into detail about all the things, but there's, you know, there's different types of um, loops in in your colon, you know, and they all do different things, you know. Your stomach does something, your duodenum, your jejunum, you know what I mean, all areas, and it could be a problem anywhere along the line.
0: Okay. That's
1: causing the problem. It's called, one thing is called transit time, right? Transit Mm -hmm. time is how fast something moves through your gut. Right. If you eat a meal and an hour later you have diarrhea, your transit time is way too fast, right? Okay. If it takes you three days to have a bowel movement, it's too slow. Mm -hmm. So So what's
0: the normal time a person should have or expect their body to pass through the toxins, and have a bowel movement after they eat? Like, what's what's a normal well, that, time? Well, that's different right? for
1: different, different, different people. people okay. what, it depends on what you've ingested, too. Like, certain things take longer to digest, like meat. Okay. They say it can take up to three days to digest a, a, a meat meal. But you still
0: shouldn't have, you, you still shouldn't not have a bowel movement in three days just right. because your body's digesting meat. You still should be able right. to pass... A bowel movement for other toxins, right? Or other right. food that your body have digested, right? Right. Is that because it's how many stages of digestion is it? Tell us about that. Like how many different stages? Because you go through the the small intestines, then the large intestines, and then your
1: yeah. There's three. Like there's different divisions of your large intestines. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Tell me that. Duodenum, your jejunum. There's your I don't know, your transverse colon, your ascending colon, your rectum, your sigmoid colon. You know, there's all kinds of areas in it or whatever, but there are different phases. They do different things. Like okay. They do excretion, secretion, assimilation, absorption. They're all doing different things. Um, you know, I don't have them all memorized. That's but, okay. But. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I, I know so, it's different stages where, right. you know, your body's... it's breaking down the food another part of your gut might be absorbing Mm -hmm. absorbing the nutrients Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing yeah So
1: each of them has a role Mm -hmm. yeah
0: okay Mm -hmm.
1: okay yeah
0: so um i think moving forward i'm ready to uh, get on this bandwagon and uh get my health under control
1: i have some wonderful statistics to say here so that will kind of blow yeah tell me more tell I me more up. um okay number one 70 million people suffer from digestive disease of some sort mm. that's a lot that's a lot drug doctors and drug companies make money treating symptoms rather than st- um, solving the problem.
0: Well, we know that, you know, know, like that. we we know that they're making money off. Of, and that's my problem with conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. I just know that you're not really here to help me. You know what I mean? I, I won't say that they're bad people. Don't get me wrong. They're not bad people, but I just know that they're not really um, they don't have my best interest. It's
1: the problem with you know. I don't think it's inherently the doctors themselves. So it's a problem with um, how they're trained. And that's school. how conventional. That, yeah. you know, That's how they're trained, and they're doing, they're practicing how they were trained, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: So let me ask you this: there is no, in even in nursing school, there is no course on holistic medicine mm-hmm. in nursing
1: school nope and guess how many hours of nutrition doctors learn in nursing school or in medical school? medical
0: school how many two hours that's it
1: mm-hmm. yeah so they're not trained in nutrition right they're trained to right treat acute illness right that's what they're trying to do and prescribe medication wow yeah that's that's a problem yeah
0: I, I feel like it's it, honestly it's unethical like, you, you really should know more about the foods that we are eating. Because America, there's a lot of foods in America that we eat that in other countries, they don't eat. Mm-hmm. So they're here to treat the acute problem, but they're not being educated on the foods that are causing these issues. You know what right, I mean?
1: Right. So it's. it's you know, and, and it, starts, it started back in the 70s. One thing that started, do you remember the pyramid? Do you remember yes, the food uh, pyramid? Yes, the food pyramid, yes. So um, that really started the whole process when it was actually very, very false. And so it was taking fat totally out of your diet, right? Mm-hmm. Um you need fat. They're called essential fatty acids, right? Your brain is 70% fat. Mm-hmm. So we replaced these fats, what they thought were making people fat, with trans fat. And our body doesn't break down trans fat, and it's very bad for us. So mm-hmm. that kind of started the thing, and it started the things with boxed foods and processed foods and all the additives and foods mm-hmm. to increase shelf life that are making people sick. Okay yeah they're not eating fresh foods no more, you know it's everything's a convenient. then the microwave came out,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that made it <laughs> right. even worse. so yeah. quick fix quick everything's fix, right? you know, mm-hmm. quick and fast, mm-hmm. so that made it even worse. um I was gonna ask you about um something you had just mentioned. it was. The pyramid. It has something to do with the pyramid. I'll come back to that. Just you know, so we can go ahead.
1: But. Okay. So here's a few more lovely stats. The World Health Organization ranks chronic inflammation diseases as the greatest threat to human health, and there are over a hundred diagnosed autoimmune diseases now. Yeah, Isn't
0: that I can crazy? see that. I can see that.
1: Over 125 million Americans have at least one form of inflammation in their body. All autoimmune diseases are an immunity issue, mm. not a glandular one. So people are like, I have diabetes, I have a pancreas issue. Mm-hmm. No, you had an immunity issue first. Your immune system failed, and then it attacked your pancreas. Mm. So people don't know either. 70% of your immune system is in your gut. Mm. Right again. Mm-hmm. So if your gut's not healthy, you get sick a lot, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So let me let me touch a, a a topic that might be a little sensitive to people, but it is what it is. My community, um, I'm black. From what I understood, we are not supposed to eat dairy. Period. Like dairy is not good for anybody, right? Right. But I heard, like, it's worse for us mm-hmm. because we're we're just not supposed to – we're not built to, to eat that. And so when I see these pyramids and they're like, oh, dairy, 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 make sure you drink your milk and do this and do that, and I grew up drinking cow's milk. Yeah. But now I know how bad it is for us. Mm-hmm. I feel like why did they force that on us like they did? You know what I mean? A whole – pyramid with a dairy section of how much dairy you need to have in your diet you know what I mean
1: well also you know sometimes you know some of the studies back then um didn't know like they didn't know what we know now and a perfect example would be when COVID came out yeah we didn't know and they're just like well two weeks later you said this now you're saying this well we know a little bit more information than we did two weeks ago yeah and it kept building on each other so you know part of it is you know what I mean they had the information that they had at the time, you know what I mean? And that was the research that they had and what they thought was correct, right? Mm -hmm. Even in medicine, medicine has changed so much in the 30 years that I've practiced. Like a lot of the stuff we did in the ICU, we don't even do any of those things anymore Mm -hmm. because they realize that that might not be the best for the patient. You know, just some of the things that we did Mm -hmm. um, as managing sick patients. Um, we've done evidence-based practice and we've proved that, you know, this is better and this is a better way of doing pain. Even advanced cardiac life support has changed. Mm. They, they re up those. They change those every two years when they start to do studies of people that arrest and what happened with them and how, which ones survived. And, yeah. you know, so it's just a matter of research.
0: Yeah. And being a nurse for over 30 years, I'm sure you see patients coming in younger and younger now with these chronic illnesses.
1: Obesity is a thing. Is it? It I'm really sure. is. You know, I actually my life light. Um, I did um, most of it out west, and a lot of it was um, servicing um, the reservations and mm-hmm. um, the native reservations. And you know, they're really um, inherently, you know, sick populations, right? And and obesity is one of them in a lot of a lot of their cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all the disease processes that go with that, just you know, being. Overweight, You know, mm-hmm. the diabetes and the high blood pressure and mm-hmm. then the cardiovascular disease. And, um, yeah, so, you know, and people are just like, you know, it's, it is easier not to pay attention. It's easier not to, you know, want to, you know, plan your meals and not eat that cookie and not, you know what I mean? But you have to look at it, how, how do I want to be when I'm 80? Yeah. What do I want to be? Do I want to be able to walk? Do I want to, am I going to have a stroke? Am I going to, you have to take those steps now for longevity and health. Um, you know, how long do you want to live? What is your quality of life that you want? Mm -hmm. You know, and take the steps now to have a vision of how you want to be and how healthy you want to be.
0: Absolutely. So what does the diet look like for Miss Kitty? When you wake up, in the morning.
1: Oh, I always start my day off good. Okay. <laughs> it's the end of the day that
0: gets you high. <laughs> and
1: then it may be a crab shoot after that. Right, right. Um, I have a protein shake. I have a green shake. I have a green shake that I drink. And okay. Then I, put, um, I put peanut butter fit powder in it. And a little for a little bit of extra protein, and I put some collagen in it, and I put some berries of some sort. Okay,
0: so that's your breakfast. That's
1: fine. and and maybe I might have some fruit on the side, or, you know, some kind of fruit. Mm-hmm.
0: So you and I spoke about um, the the time length of your eating. It shouldn't, you know, start at eight a.m. and end at twelve o'clock midnight. How long throughout a, a day should a person? Um, I don't, I don't know what you how you what you call it, but like how long should a person from the time they start eating in the morning till when they go to bed, how long should a person have with You know a, everybody with has eating different meals.
1: opinions on this, you know, mm-hmm. especially people who are in the fitness industry that wanna eat every two hours or whatever. But uh the most stressful thing we do to ourselves on a daily basis is digestion. yes Digestion is very um takes a lot of cellular energy, obviously, and all the different stages of um like we talked about a digestion there's something in your stomach something in your small intestine and all those are requiring energy in your liver and all those organs yes. that I said to work together to get that done so your body just like your brain why do we sleep we sleep to rest and recover right okay to give our time to you know rest and recover and rejuvenate well your gut needs that too Your gut needs a a time to just be processing what's already in there Mm -hmm. and getting time to rest and recover. So um, there's tons of studies now about the benefits of intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. And People are like, oh, I ain't doing that. I can't fast or whatever. But um, the big thing is, is... If you look at it, eight hours of your day mm-hmm. like, it is sleeping, probably. Most people on the average sleep for eight hours, mm-hmm. right? And maybe another two hours running around. So if you're talking about a 14-hour fast, there's 10 of it right there. You're driving to work, you drive home, and eight hours of sleeping. So it's only other four hours that you got to juggle in your mind, which isn't really that hard. A lot of times if we're busy in our lives and with our kids, you know, it's not that hard. So let's say you eat breakfast at, you know, 9 in the morning. Like, you should be done, try to be done by 5, you know, so you give your t- time to, you know, um, your gut time to rest or whatever. And then, um, you know, you should never eat within, like, a 2-hour window of going to bed, 2- or 3-hour window, mm-hmm. um, because it's harder to digest when you're laying down mm-hmm. than when you're sitting up. That's right? my
0: problem. Yes. Girl, I'll eat. And then I'll I'll try to give myself 30 minutes, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. Because most times I'm cooking, like I'll cook, and I'll nibble while I'm cooking, and then I'll feed my kids, and I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. And then I'll sit around and do something, and then I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. And then I'll chow down on a little plate, and then I'll give myself 30 minutes, and then I'll go to bed on a full stomach. And I know it's not good. I know it's not. That's the habit I need to break,
1: too. Yeah.
0: Just eat when your kids eat. Yep. Yeah,
1: Force myself to
0: eat. <laughs> yeah, Seriously.
1: Yeah. You'll yeah. get used to it. It takes two weeks to make a habit. Yeah. Two weeks. So,
0: so you, you drink your smoothies in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Do you usually eat something light for lunch? Like,
1: You know, I'm really, I've always only been a, occasional I'll eat three meals, but I'm kind of a two meal. Two meal. Like, That's me. Kind of gal. Yeah. So, um I'm like people, (laughs) I'm like the kind of late lunch, early dinner kind of gal, like the two or three in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So like if we're going out, like if my friend's going out to lunch or whatever, like we might go like at three o'clock and I feel like I'm the old lady club you know Those ones that come to early dinner when <laughs> early I'm really dinner. actually eating a late lunch Right, yeah
0: that's it <laughs> but that's me like I'll eat late lunch at work everybody mm-hmm. will go to work at they'll start eating at like 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and I'm like oh it's two o'clock let me go and grab something mm-hmm. to eat you know what I mean so and even with dinner I'm full at five six o'clock when I get off and I gotta go home and cook dinner you know I'm still full so That's really why I eat late sometimes, or I just won't eat at all. I'll just go to bed like I'm still full for my lunch, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So any other good quotes for us? Um,
1: Nope, I said them all.
0: Well, tell tell the viewers how they can get in contact with you. If they want to utilize your services and – decide they want to live a healthy lifestyle, change the way that they eat,
1: you know, get off yeah. those meds? Um, I am on Facebook, but um, most people like it. I have a website, so that's probably the easiest way to call me directly. Okay. So my web- website is myfunctionalhealing.com.
0: Myfunctionalhealing.com, mm-hmm. all one. Okay.
1: Yep. All one word. And then I can be reached at 330-635-9899. 9899. Yep. Okay. Yes. And then I can tell you the benefits that you will get if you call me. Yes,
0: let them know what they get (laughs) when they call you.
1: Okay, I can help you think about your health from a different perspective. I can help you better understand digestive health in relationship to disease. I'll help you get answers and help manage your symptoms. I'll help you fill in and understand knowledge gaps about your condition or disease. I can help you take ownership of your life, your lifestyle, your habits to ensure good health. Mm -hmm. I can be your medical, personal health coach and support you on your journey. So just remember, um, food is medicine, lifestyle is medicine, mindset is medicine. Treat your body like a temple and you will be rewarded tenfold and give you a long, healthy life with many rewards. Remember, everything is connected and everything matters.
0: Everything is connected and everything does matter. I am a living witness to that. Yep. That's yep. a true statement. I wish I knew um, a lot of the things that I know now. I probably would have tried to force my mom to stop eating because sh- my mother is from Alabama. And they eat full-blown, you know. Hard. Uh, <laughs> lo- yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> the ch- The chitlins. My mother don't eat that stuff no more because she has diabetes now. But, um, she, uh, she, like, she would eat this food, and I would be like, I know it's not good. And I started off d- cooking the same way when I first became an adult. And then as I got older, and I started seeing, like, what it was doing to people, and just my body naturally just started, like, rejecting certain meats, certain foods, like, I'm to the point now where it's like mm, chicken. Like I love chicken. I've always you loved do. fried, fried chicken. chicken. Oh my god, I love fried chicken. I still do, but the wing sizes are too big for me now. I'm like, this is not normal chicken. Mm-hmm. So it, it just turns me off sometimes. I have to get my chickens, you know, the small normal wings. Um, and sometimes I just I, I don't even have a taste for it. Mm-hmm. So my body is naturally uh, winging itself off of some of these meats. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you have to realize, like that. you said, you wish you had known this to tell your mom. Um, yeah. People are either ready or they aren't. It's like quitting smoking. My parents smoked, and, you know, they knew they should quit smoking or whatever, no matter how many times we, us kids told them or whatever. If they're not ready, they're not. They have to. People have to be ready for this, too. Yes. It's not like you can force somebody into it or they're not going to succeed. They have to understand the benefits. They have mm-hmm. to be sick and tired of where they're at, sick and tired of feeling sick and tired yes. and not getting any answers. Or you know, or whatever, because um, you know it'll take some time to change change your mindset. But you'll eventually, you know, get better, and you'll eventually be thinking every time you put something you know, in your mouth or whatever. Like, I had a piece of cake last week from somebody. I bought her in a cake for her birthday. And um, I knew I shouldn't have it because I know I don't feel good after it. And, oh, you brought it in. Why aren't you going to have a piece of cake? It's my birthday. You brought it for me, you know. <laughs> the
0: temptation so, kicked yeah, in. so
1: I had a piece of cake, and it was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And my stomach hurt for literally two days. Wow. So, you know, I mean, you have to think about what you're putting in thing. Is this really going to be worth it? Because I know I'm going to be miserable in about an hour.
0: Yeah. And
1: that kind of mindset that's going to stop you from maybe making some poor choices. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Got to make better choices. That's the important part. Um. So I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I'm excited to see where my journey ends you up. You, you know, to help I, you. I need to get rid of all of the stuff I have going on with my gut. Like I don't want, I don't want it to start causing other disease, which is why I'm so adamant about, you know, changing my, my diet, my health, all of that. Um, well, this was good. This was really, really good. Hey, thank thank, you, thank you. Thank you for coming. You're I welcome. appreciate You're it. Welcome. Thank you guys for tuning in to another call episode. <laughs> yes. Make sure you give her a call. 330-635-9899. Um,
1: 9899.
0: I just did my assessment with her and it was intense she did ask questions she's gonna get all up in your business <laughs> but you know you gotta you gotta find out what the root of the problem is so i appreciated that but thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of just Be You podcast catch us on another episode next week and we are out